Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Abby Sisko, and you're listening to PR Pop. If you're here right now, I'm assuming you also consume other sorts of media. So you've probably seen a content creator controversy or a celebrity mishap. But what is actually happening when something goes wrong? When celebrities delete all their photos with that one friend or a content creator makes an apology video? Join me and my guests as we talk about the wild, complex, and sometimes funny intersection between public relations and pop culture. Hey guys, thanks for listening to PR Pop. This episode, I have a friend on, um, also my coworker and my classmate, so hitting <laughs> all the targets. And we're going to talk a little bit about Trisha Paytas, which is, there's so much to talk about. So we're not going to be able to cover everything in this episode. Definitely not. No, but we're just going to try to touch on some of the highlights, some of the interesting moments, some of the controversial moments, stuff like that. But um, I'm excited to have Kennedy on. Kennedy, can you introduce yourself? Yes, I am Kennedy Thorson. I am a third-year PR and writing and digital studies major. And I am also the blog coordinator and digital media assistant for Women's Ministry, which Abby is also a part of. She's our wonderful mentor and coordinator. Um, And I really enjoy public relations stuff. I do the podcast for women's ministry, so I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. So to start off, I'll kind of give our listeners a little bit of overview overview about Trisha Paytas. So she's a content creator. I primarily see her on YouTube. Earlier in her career, she started on a few reality TV shows, including My Strange Addiction, where she uh, was supposedly addicted to tanning, to self-tanning, or whatever happened there. So from what I can tell, I don't keep up with Trisha Paytas, so I had to do a bit of digging, a bit of research. Mm-hmm. From what I can tell, she kind of pops over to different places in, I guess I should say, like the content creator realm or industry. I see her on a lot of like collabing with other creators. I saw that she made an ASMR account, which is interesting. That's strange. Yeah. Um <laughs> And just, like, she also made a podcast of somebody that we'll talk about more. She also, I think she does some vlogs, that type of thing. She's known for kind of being a bit controversial, dramatic. Some people call her a troll. Mm-hmm. Not greatest things that you want to be called. But she is kind of like a YouTube socialite, often appearing in other people's content and stuff like that. Probably because of the hype or the energy that she has around her. So we'll get a little bit into the podcast that she has with another creator, and I also wanted to address her addressing the rumors, I guess, that went out about her baby being the reincarnation of Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, I can't even say there's a, people calling it a controversy. Don't know if you can really (laughs) say that, but it's okay. So first off, Kennedy, you don't have to share everything you know, but from what your knowledge, what do you kind of know about Trisha Bates? Have you kept up with her at all? Have you, did you keep up with her when she was like maybe a little more relevant? Right. What's your knowledge of her? So basically my knowledge of her extends to my presence on social media platforms like Snapchat. They do a lot of, there's a Snapchat content platform called Query. And basically, they go into the different lives of different, like, queer content creators on social media. And the biggest thing I've noted public relations-wise with Trisha Paytas is that she has loyal fans Mm. despite all of the people that she makes upset. Like, she has 
delved into so many different parts of social media, like yeah. mental disorders, religion, um, even conspiracy theorists, ASMR, like you said. Yeah. And yet she continues to have this fan base that is completely supportive of her. Mm. And I think that's something that content creators like Query like really latch onto. And it's almost like they have nothing else to talk about, mm. honestly. And I think Trisha Paytas, from what I've seen, she has a lot of things to talk about. She has a lot of ideas about things and her audience doesn't really hold her to a specific kind of content, but then people on the Mm -hmm. outside find it very easy to criticize her. And so I think that's the biggest thing I've noted about her. I did not know about the podcast, but I did know about her child, the rumors about her and her husband and how she treats him, Mm -hmm. um, about her religious identity, her sexual identity, and different things that she struggles with and how she copes with that online very publicly so I'd say that's the extent of what I know about her yeah yeah it's interesting you you mentioned that about the fan base because that's what I was going to ask you about because I almost wondered are these people just like tuning in for the drama right or is it like actual loyal fans because she seems to just kind of like pop up every once in a while for whatever she's involved in. Right. Um, I know she's been accused of doing like publicity stunts right. and stuff like that. Why do you think people, if she does have a, a loyal fan base, why do you think people stick around or if she doesn't, it, like, it, or is it just like people tuning in for drama? So I think a large majority of it is people um, watching her YouTube videos following her content so that they will have something to talk about. Mm. Maybe they have a platform of their own in which they choose to condemn her or talk about her actions because they know that's always going to be a hit. Everyone's always wondering what Trisha Paytas is going to do next Mm. um, as far as making someone upset. But I do genuinely believe that she has a strong fan base to the surprise of many people, including myself, because if you'll look at the comments under any of her YouTube videos or Instagram posts, there's always five to 10 people attacking each negative comment. Mm. And I think the biggest reason for that is that because she is so open about her confusion with herself Mm. and the different things she goes through, I think people see that as her being very real. And whether you want to argue that being unhealthy or healthy or real or fake publicity Mm. sense. I think people really admire that about her because there's no one else going through that much controversy who has not been like, I'm getting off of social media. I can't Mm. handle this. Like retiring, like she stays in the limelight no matter what she goes through, no matter how many people she takes off. And I really think that's the biggest reason for people wanting to stand by her, wanting to be with her. And also wanting to condemn her and stay Mm. in her feed. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. Um, So, yeah, I know that you have a few opinions about this, um, but a while ago, I think it was a few years ago, I forgot to note the date, but Mm. she made a YouTube video talking about her self-diagnosis of uh, dissociative identity disorder. Um, She got a lot of pushback for it, mostly because... I mean, people thought maybe she was, like, faking it for views. It wasn't quite... Like, people accused her... Like, people who actually deal with this disorder, right. uh, you know, said she's spreading misinformation. This isn't really, like, accurate. What mm-hmm. she's describing is not, you know, DID. And so she got a lot of, like, clapback for that. But 
I know she also lashed out at those creators as well, which also right. just created a whole nother controversy, which was interesting. So do you think that she did this for views? Do you think she was just like just trying to figure it out herself? And should we just view it in that way? And so, yeah, what are your thoughts about that? So I think this was about... 2019 maybe I don't know I I that's roughly the year I remember it but I had a lot of ideas about Trisha Paytas before that especially her relationship with Shane Dawson Mm. I used to watch him on um, YouTube a lot and around that time I had also started following channels of people who do suffer from dissociative identity disorder and I was starting to explore my mental health And I remember when she came out with that and she was staging, that's the best word I can Mm, think of it, like her switches or whatever. Okay. And I found it incredibly insensitive Mm. because, like I said, from what I've seen of her, I think she is very confused about a lot of things in her life. And I think she uses her online presence as a way to cope with that. And I think that works for her, honestly. Um, I do think that she was talking about very something very sensitive and didn't want to acknowledge that. I think she treated it the same way as she treats her, her gender identity, mm-hmm. which she has also struggled a lot with. And I think that you have to handle that and your mental health very, very differently because it is so sensitive. And her talking about that and lashing back out at actual people with DID online was really triggering for them and not good for them and of course we can never know her heart like we don't know what a real psychiatrist would say like Mm -hmm. that was self-diagnosed but I think this was another way for her to connect with her audience and let them know what was going on in her mind I don't think she made a big mistake as far as she stayed with her brand she had a mental health issue she wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about and she talked about it yeah but I think her the bad publicity for her was the slashing out at other creators that criticized her because she's always going to have critics. And I think as far as public relations is concerned, that's her biggest downfall. It's not what she does. It's not what she says. It's how she lashes back out at Mm -hmm. other people. But yeah. Yeah. She kind of has made a reputation of that. Like Mm -hmm. I, the media articles that I read online do mention that. And that's just kind of what she's been known for. Mm -hmm. But speaking of bad publicity, I'm sure you've heard the term, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So for viewers who, you know, think that she is, it is a stunt or it is just her trying to figure out her identity or her mental illness or whatever. Um, even though that did bring bad publicity, do you think that there's no such thing as bad publicity? Like from a PR perspective, what do you think about that? Honestly, I would say that I agree with that. Mm. Um, bad publicity is going to change your reputation in people's eyes, but The only reason she didn't drop off the map like six years ago is because she stayed controversial and Mm. no one's going to stop talking about her. You know, if you're like, I'm from a Christian perspective, I personally don't follow her because I don't want that negativity. And I do think that she has a lot of things she needs to sort out offline, Mm -hmm. but it's, she has not kept people from talking about her. I think it's, yeah. I don't know if she means for that to happen. But maybe it's just a good consequence for her of sharing her entire self online. Mm, yeah, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Now, what about people who may not want to have a platform that is primarily known for being controversial? 
you know, um, what about people who like, oh, something controversial happened, but they want to recover from that? Do you think that still applies? That kind of bad publicity is still publicity kind of thing? Or, um, you know, speaking from a, a PR, you know, relational right. perspective, what do you think about that? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I mean, in her case, like I said, no publicity is bad. But in the case of pretty much anyone else, mm-hmm. I, I would say that there is such thing as bad publicity. But as we learn in our PR classes, that's nothing more than an opportunity if you know how to handle it. Yeah. And there's always going to be something that goes wrong. There are companies that have been around for hundreds of years, and it's not like they've been perfect, but they're still here because they know the importance of learning how to control a crisis and handle their public relations even after bad publicity or an accident has happened. Mm -hmm. So I would say there is such thing as bad publicity, but I don't think... I, I don't think I would define it mm-hmm. the way that most people do. I think bad okay. publicity is in a, it's an opportunity for people to know how to handle it okay. if they do want their reputation to be seen in a good light. Okay, yeah, I got you. So, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit, Fine. but to her talking about her, you know, mental illnesses or whatever, or her talking about the DID and maybe other mental illnesses she struggled with, how do you think content creators should talk about mental illness online? Do mm-hmm. you appreciate that about a person or is that like that's kind of for a different platform or that should be kept to yourself what do you think about that I definitely think that it's important for that to be seen online Mm. because social media has such a history of being a disguise for people who are really suffering inside and I Mm -hmm. think it's important to be able to talk about those things Um, so like I said I think for her it is a coping mechanism and I think it's good for her because that's what she's always done. Um, I think her problem lies in when she um, slashes out with other Mm, people for criticizing her. Um, And I really admire when people are willing to talk about their mental health online because it's been a taboo for so long. Mm. But I will modify that claim saying that I think it needs to be delved in very deeply offline first. Mm. I think you need to know what you're talking about because going online with that kind of thing, you are going online with professionals, with skeptics, and with people who just plain out don't like you. Mm. And they're going to take advantage of that. It's not like you have to prove your mental health to someone, but you do need to have your facts straight and you do need to be solid in, I know who I am and I'm sharing this for other people's benefit, not to hear what other people have to say about me because I know the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because, like you said, there's professionals and just everybody's on the Internet. Mm -hmm. So the chances of someone commenting and maybe criticizing you for talking about your mental health publicly is very high. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just it just depends on how much traction their comment gets or, you know, how much attention their comment gets, if that's really going to, like, affect your image, I think. Right. But, yeah, I, it definitely helps to to know what you're talking about, too. So I also want to talk a little bit about the podcast that she has with Ethan Klein, which is so ironic and weird because... <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard of this before. <laughs> yeah, because he made a YouTube video talking about like Instagram versus reality and he like had her photos in her video and he showed a photo of her that was like more photoshopped, mm-hmm. um, you know, like in a bathing suit on the beach and then one that was like very raw, unphotoshopped mm-hmm. and the difference was drastic. 
but and it's not like other other people had been talking about this already so it's not that the topic was particularly like new or alarming to anybody but the way that he went about it was pretty mean um I think he compared her to like a corpse and like it was just it was just weird he was very rude about the way that he described her Mm -hmm. so and as we know she's known for being outspoken so she responds to this online I think she made a YouTube video about it and just talking about how rude and mean it is and she's lashing out at him and then somehow over a course of some like online banter they make a podcast together oh my goodness (laughs) um it started with her being featured on his podcast um and they talk they talk about kind of their beef with each other like Mm. they're pretty open about it which is I've never seen anything like this like oh definitely not it's I mean it's called frenemies Mm. um so I think they like it's just a platform for them to debate and to talk about Mm. kind of the controversies they've had with each other such a strange topic but I guess somewhat fitting for those creators I don't know I guess so and hearing about this it's surprising how open she is to getting herself hurt online it's almost like that's a right like that's a goal for her online is to get hurt as much as possible so that people will keep talking about her yeah I think she's acknowledged publicly like on the podcast that like maybe not said it as explicitly as that but she's like oh yeah like keep roasting me because I like when you talk about it like I like when you talk about me yeah um and so that's just interesting that I mean she she's very aware that that gives her which probably doesn't help but that she's very aware that it gives her attention right. and it makes her like, you know, trend online right. and stuff like that. So that is just, it's interesting that she's aware of it. It gets hurt by it, but continues to do it. So, but I, I wanted to ask you a quick little thing. Like, I'm sure you've seen, you know, that like iconic video of her oh, yes. cry, crying on I the kitchen floor. I already know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was from that, like from the beef that she had with Ethan, but you know, that like very raw, she's like on her kitchen floor mm-hmm. just filming. And I so like to different of those videos. Yeah. 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 And so how do you think that kind of setting affected how she is perceived online? Like how does that influence her image and how people view her online when she's so like raw and open like that? Well, I think she's putting herself out there in the eye of the beholder, really, because she knows her loyal fans will comfort her and pity her. And I think she does want that positive attention. I, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, except for her online, she has that fan base that will comfort her and come to her rescue. Mm-hmm. But I also think she's putting herself in the position to be even more criticized for her authenticity, which, good or bad, you know, it is what it is, but it does affect how she's perceived as far as is she raw? Is she fake? Is she too personal? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. And... I don't know how that affects her being perceived, but I do know that just fuels the fire of Mm -hmm. what do you think about her? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. She's always being talked about, and I think if that's what she wants, that's what she's getting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we talked a little about this when we were talking about mental illness and, like, putting that online. But do you think that there's a line to draw when you're considering how much to share of your personal life? Like, do you think content creators, like, from a PR perspective, do you think content creators should draw a line at how much they share? So I can answer that as a student, as a Gen Z, as a woman, as a Christian. Um, But I'll answer that as uh, hopefully a future PR 
practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, God forbid. If I was Trisha <laughs> Paytas's <laughs> PR manager, mm-hmm. I would tell her, like, her brand online is to be personal. Mm. And I think that that is what makes her fans so loyal. I really do. And I think she is an, an exceptional case. I think with anyone else, I would say there is a line. But for her, she's so far away from that line now. I think she just needs to keep going with it or mm. get offline. I think if she's going to be online um, and she stops being so personal, the small fan base that she does have to support her is going to go away. Mm. And then it'll just be critics. Mm. So she either needs to get offline or be personal without lashing back at the people who criticize her for it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good, good input. So as y'all have probably heard, if you're on the internet, or maybe you haven't, but Trisha I mean, Paytas, everyone's talking about it. Yeah, Trisha Paytas named her baby Malibu Barbie, and that's just a fun thing in general. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But I want to talk about the quote-unquote conspiracy theory or rumor that that somehow. Trisha Paytas' baby is the queen reincarnated. Um, and it, I, I wanted to find, like, who who started this? How did this get around? <laughs> I just, how did this happen? And the only thing that I could find on the internet was that they were saying, like, that, so she had made a tweet about her, like, getting ready to give birth. And then, like, the next day or the same day, uh, Queen Elizabeth II died. And so she passed away. And so some someone must have made a joke and it must have just went crazy and mm-hmm. people were kept saying it and we treated it and whatever and so then so many news articles just started talking about how the internet thinks that somehow it's funny i know somehow Trisha Paytas <laughs> is giving birth to the, re, to the queen incarnate so strange uh, i think it's so funny that so many like so many like news kind of pop culture magazines grabbed onto this because mm-hmm. it's just so silly. It's, it's so like silly. obviously no one really believes that. Right. But I do. I kind of like appreciated that she she's made a statement. I don't know if you saw the video. I think she. I can't remember what platform it was on, but she made a, a video apologizing to the royal family, essentially wow. saying like I'm sorry. Like I didn't mean to like be tri-. like she was like embarrassed that she was trending the same time that the queen was trending that's um, new for her yeah it was weird it felt very not like not very on brand for her right um not bad but like yeah she was like talking about how she was like giving her condolences and she's like I didn't wow. want this attention you know especially for like the queen just passing right. so it was interesting and I thought I, I was a, I think it was a good response um to what happened it did kind of crack me up when she was like my baby is not the queen incarnate. And I was like, we know that. We know that. No one thinks that. No, it's like. But I mean, she did just like declare herself a Wiccan like uh, what, two months ago? So mm, who knows? That's true. I didn't think about that. So yeah, but why in general? I mean, you can come at it from the topic of Trisha Paytas or um, just content creators in general. But why is it important for like content creators, celebrities to apologize for something when they're not necessarily the ones responsible for it. Well, I will say I think it really helped Trisha's reputation. Mm -hmm. That's incredible for her. Like, usually she'll get criticized 
usually it's for something she's done. This time it was for something she didn't do. Mm -hmm. And then she'll lash out at those critics. Mm. For her to actually be apologizing means that she actually cared about this situation. And I think it established her as sincere. And I think for her, if I can go ahead and talk about the future of her career, I really think it, I think it bodes well for her that maybe she can continue to be very personal, continue to be very much in the limelight. And if she doesn't lash back at critics, then she can be her authentic personal self, have her fan base and apologize when it hurts people, but not take responsibility for it either because Mm -hmm. She was not responsible for people spreading that crazy rumor. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I I think it very much helped her reputation that she yeah. apologized for something. And it wasn't her taking responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. It was her saying, I am not supposed to be the center of attention right now. Yeah. Which is what's really new for her. Right. She always wants to be the center of attention. Yeah. And for her to show actual care for someone that has passed and a family who is grieving, mm-hmm. a country, that it, a world that is grieving, I think it, it really bodes well for how people think of her at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think that was appropriate on her part. Um, and hopefully we'll reflect on her character later on, too. I don't know how much traction it got, but don't know. I'm sure her fans saw it and news articles picked up on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so going off of that, do you think that Trisha's reputation is changing Um partly considering now that she's had a baby. Right. Um, I saw on her Insta like I just opened her Instagram account this morning and it's just all baby photos, which Aww. is such a cutie time. Yeah. Um very sweet. sweet. Yeah, sweet Malibu Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do you think that her reputation is changing, will change? What do you think her career might look like in the future from what you know about her? Well, as far as I can tell the current buzz on Trisha is, is she a good wife? Mm. Is she going to be a good mother? And I don't think that's for anyone to criticize, but that's mm. what people are talking about. Um, and so I do definitely think that her reputation could change if she takes this as an opportunity. And I think that her career will look a little bit more um, domestic. So far, people have criticized her as a person, and now they're going to be criticizing her as a role in the household Mm. and as a role in society, as she did comment on something as big as the royal death. And Mm -hmm. she's been vocal more recently on just bigger topics. And so I would say for her future, I would recommend that maybe she doesn't lash out at critics, um, that she's very personal because she has always been personal. Mm -hmm. And if she does want some privacy to just be a family member, I think that would be good for her too. Um, I I see things looking up for Trisha since the birth of her baby. I think her baby is adorable. And (laughs) I really hope that, um, I don't know, maybe even God can work in her life as she becomes a mother and sees the difference she can make in the world that she's leaving her child. Um, I don't know. I think there's been a lot of things said about Trisha, but I don't think she's done yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what her career looks like in the future with a family like this now. So, yeah. So that kind of concludes this episode. Thank you so much, Kennedy, for coming on. I know there's so much about Trisha Pays we could have talked about. So this is (laughs) just just breaching the surface. But it was a fun time, and I had fun. Yes, I had so much fun. Thank you, Abby. All right, thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of PR Pop. 
My hope for this podcast is it gives you something to take away that you hadn't thought of before, whether that's for a client or just for yourself. If you want to see more content from PR Pop or suggest a topic, check out the Instagram at PR underscore pop underscore podcast.